So we're in Proverbs chapter 31 tonight and talking about foolproofing your life, the last message of this series. And we're going to end this message uh, talking about a virtuous woman as this chapter really is focused on that. I'm going to read one verse right now and I'll have our introduction and then we're going to read most of the other verses throughout the message. And so the verse I want you to look at is verse 10. And that's the beginning here of the verses about a virtuous woman. So let's read Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10 together. Ready, begin. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. We're privileged here at Central Valley Baptist Church, as I said, to have a wonderful group of ladies in our church. Ladies that exemplify everything that I will talk about tonight. And first, I want to say thank you to the ladies of our church. I don't say thank you to you enough. Thank you for your steady hearts. Thank you for your loving leadership. Thank you for your patience and godliness. Thank you for your loving and, for loving and caring for your families. Ladies, thank you for uh, loving and caring for one another. Thank you for often thanklessly, and I want to uh, 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 really emphasize that, thanklessly serving our church. And most of all, thank you for your faith and love to the Lord. And I really want to say that to our ladies. We have some great ladies. And how many of you men would raise your hand and say, amen to that. Amen Amen to that. What a blessing. What a blessing we have here. And we just, I could go on and on about our ladies. And of course, I'm personally privileged to have my mom in my church. And that's a privilege. I can never lie from the pulpit. Never. It can't even embellish a story. And, uh, but I'm, I'm privileged to have my mom and my mother-in-law, both in our church. Both of these ladies exemplify incredible a servant's heart for the Lord. And every day they find ways to be a blessing to their families and to our church. And of course, I believe I'm married to a Proverbs 31 woman in every way. And I, know, I don't talk about my wife very often from the pulpit because she said she'd murder me in my sleep if I did. But my wife does her best to live this passage of Scripture And I'm extremely fortunate that God gave me to her. And so here's the good news tonight. Maybe you're here as a lady. And as I go through these things tonight, and if I preached a message on a virtuous man, I know I would feel beat up probably afterwards. And that's not the intention of the message at all. The intention of the message is to encourage you about what the Bible says a virtuous woman is. And here's the good news. Any lady that has the desire can be a virtuous woman not in her own strength, but through the strength of the Lord. And he can help you with that. And so tonight, I'm going to touch on these points very quickly. I, have, I just wanted to coagulate, I don't know if that's the right word, condense these verses down to eight characteristics of a virtuous woman. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless the message now. Help us, Lord, as we hear these words. And, and of course, it's talking about a lady, but help us men to be virtuous as well. Help us men to hear these things and not think, yeah, she should be that way, but to think, yes, I need to exemplify that in my life. Help us, God, tonight to listen and learn what your word says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Proverbs 31, specifically verses 10 through 31, we see a list of characteristics for a virtuous woman. Lemuel is mentioned here uh, in this chapter. Many believe that Lemuel is Solomon himself as the king, just another name or possibly somewhat of a nickname for him. Other Bible scholars believe that it wasn't uh, Solomon, but just another man named Lemuel. We don't know that, of course, for sure. We just have to take the Bible for what it says. But at any rate, this chapter was specifically written 
uh, for Lemuel. And it was the words or the encouragement or the advice from his mother. Specifically written also, this chapter is to young men and young women alike. This description of a virtuous woman is designed to show the sort of wife that a woman should be. And it's also to show the sort of wife that men should choose. And so this chapter contains a section devoted to virtuous women. This is interesting. I didn't know this. It consists from verses 10 through verse uh, 31. The chapter consists of 20, or this section is 22 verses. Each one of them begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet in order. It's believed that this chapter was meant to be a a poem or poetic in description. And tradition holds that young men in pious Jewish homes would memorize all 22 of these verses as they were getting ready to get married. And uh, some of you guys, aren't you glad your moms didn't make you do that? Amen. There's a lot of lofty language in the chapter. So tonight, we're going to break it down into bite-sized pieces and explain things from a little bit more of a practical perspective. So number one, what is a virtuous woman? If you're taking notes, number one, a virtuous woman is reliable, is reliable. Verse 11, the heart of her husband doth safely what? Trust in her so that she shall have no need of spoil. We're going to explain what that means in just a moment. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. How many would agree with me that we live in a day where trust is extremely rare and trust is extremely valuable. We live in a day where trust is very rare. Understandably, there are few things more important in a marriage than trust. This verse says that her heart, that his heart, safely trusts in her. What does virtuous mean? What does a virtuous woman mean? Virtuous means righteous, good, worthy, honorable, noble, admirable, A virtuous woman is a woman of strength, not in the sense that she can bench press 200 pounds, although some in the room probably could, but strong in wisdom and in character. That's what a virtuous woman is. She is a woman who has command of her own spirit and also is not afraid to manage the spirit of others. She's not afraid of the winds and the clouds of life. She is strong. The difficulty is with a virtuous woman as Lemuel's mother put it, is that a virtuous woman is hard to find. Who can find her? And I tell my wife all the time, they just don't make them like you anymore. And of course, I'm teasing, but we understand tonight that being a virtuous woman is something that is not seen in the world today. And all God's people said, it's not seen outside in the world today from the unsaved world. Being a virtuous woman is not really culturally acceptable anymore. And so we understand that. So everything I say tonight is 100% counterculture. And so that's okay, though, because it's pro-Bible, amen? Amen. And uh, it's in the direction that the Bible wants us to go. And how many think that's a good direction to go, amen? And so uh, we see here, according to verses 11 and 12, that a good woman, if she gets married, becomes a good wife. And she makes it her business to please her husband. She is, after all, reliable. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse 34 says, there's a difference also between a wife and a virgin, talking about a woman who's unmarried. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. Well, wouldn't that be good? If an unmarried person cared for the things of the Lord. I said, wouldn't that be good? If young ladies in our church would care for things of the Lord, 
that are not married. Wouldn't that be good? And, and many are, many do. But I believe that to be true. A single person, by the way, if you're a single young, young man or a single man, a single lady, you ought to focus on serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. Stop serving yourself so much and serve the Lord because you have opportunity and, you, and, and, and focus on him. By the way, I believe that if a young person who's single focuses on the Lord, the Lord will bless them with a spouse. But amen. All right. All right. Moving on here. And so, but a, a married woman here, it says, careth for the things of the world that she may what? Please her husband. A virtuous woman is not a doormat that you wipe your feet on. She's not a woman with no skills, intentions, or a mind of her own. For those of you that know me and have watched me growing up here, and you know my wife, Laurel, you know that my wife is extremely intelligent and much more intelligent than I am. And everyone said, amen. <laughs> and that's not, that's not the case. But her desire is to her husband to know his mind, to understand his heart, and to accommodate herself to his heart. Verse 11 gives us some specifics. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. In other words, she conducts herself in a way that genders confidence in the home. He does not have to worry about what she is going to do. He does not worry about where she is going. He is not upset or worried about, nervous about what she is going to say. He safely trusts in her. The beauty of a good marriage isn't perfection, by the way. And all God's people said, amen, because there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. We might look at Brother Asprelli and Mrs. Asprelli and think, man, what a, what, a, what a wonderful couple. What a beautiful little family. And you might think, man, it just seems like your marriage is perfect. And it is, isn't it? Amen. Moving on. All right. So <laughs> you see how quickly he said yes to that? Oh, yeah. Amen. But we all know that there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There can't be because we're all sinners. But that's not the beauty of a marriage. The beauty of a marriage isn't that it's perfect. The beauty of a marriage is that there's trust. There's trust. And the message tonight isn't about what to do when we, when, when we hurt each other and mending broken trust. That's a whole other message. We ought to constantly in our life be gendering trust in our marriage. Maybe we messed up last month. Let's work on today and from this point forward. But the beauty of a good marriage isn't perfection. It's trust. Men and women make mistakes and often, but trust can still be developed. Trust that is based on a covenant love, the love that Jesus Christ shows us. How many of you are glad that Jesus loves you even though you sin every day? How many of you are glad that even though you sinned yesterday, he loves you today? And he doesn't say, you know what? That was the last straw. I'm not Jesus anymore to you. No, he doesn't do that. It's a covenant love. And that's the love that we must develop in our marriage. What does the phrase mean? So that he will have no need of spoil. Well, we don't spoil <laughs> like, like they used to, okay? We don't, go to, you know, we don't go to your neighbor's house and beat him up and take all of his stuff. That's not what we do anymore. Uh, uh, but, but what this is saying is, is she contributes to the, content, the contentedness and satisfaction of her husband to the point where he doesn't have a need of spoil. In other words, in today's language, he's all good. You help him be all good. 
He's good. He's, he's, he doesn't have to worry about coveting what others have, or he doesn't have to worry about what's going on. And he should be content at home. And I understand that there are many other reasons why a man might not be content, but a wife should not be one of them. A wife should do her best to help him be happy. That's what a virtuous woman, that's what the Bible says here. The wife may not be the only reason, but she should be a big reason. If she complains about her husband's job, her old car, and on and on and on, it's going to cause issues in the marriage. Because a husband wants to know that her wife is happy, his wife is happy. And by the way, men, we ought to make sure that our wives know that we're happy. Wishing for what isn't is an insult to what is. If it's always, I wish we could, I, we never get to, and I always, listen, when we do those kinds of things, what we're communicating is we're not happy. Everyone take a deep breath. Ah, smile. That's some good advice right there. Amen. I am the only one that raised my hand, but I know you, you agree with me. And so we have no need of spoil. There should be no need of spoil. We shouldn't be constantly wishing for the bigger and the better. We should be content and happy. I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm not saying you don't try and those kinds of things. That's not what I'm saying. We ought to be careful about how we communicate. Sometimes when we communicate that we want something different to our spouse, it can become hurtful and it works both ways. And so verse 12, I think is actually pretty funny. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. See, what does that mean? Don't kill your husband, ladies. Amen? All right, number two. So a virtuous woman is what? Number one? Reliable. She's reliable. His heart doth safely trust in her. Number two, a virtuous woman is resourceful. Look at verse 13. She seeketh wool, flax. She worketh willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. I see you ladies in your minivans. You're like the clipper on the water, amen? The trading, oriental trading company moving down the road. Uh, she's like the merchant ship bringing her food uh, from afar. We're talking about in and out We're talking about Panda Express, amen? We're talking about sushi tonight from afar. Uh, she rises also a while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household, portion to her maidens. She considereth the field, she buyeth it, the fruit of her hands. She planted the vineyard. She girded her loins with strength. This is not the... This is not, you see, we, there's a lot of feminism out there. I don't know what, what feminists think that Christians believe, but we don't believe that a wife just hangs out at the house, you know, uh, you know dresses like a, a pillowcase and, uh, you know, and whatever. That's not, that's what the world thinks that Christians believe. But let me tell you something, that's not a Christian woman. Did you know that Christianity is one of the most empowering, that empower women more than any other religion on the planet? If you knew your Bible and you knew what other religions teach, you know that. And so it's amazing. Uh, moving on here. Uh, she girdeth her loins with strength. She strengthens her arms. Uh, she, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She is busy, and she is resourceful. She brings in provisions for all the things necessary for her family. No merchant ships. No, not even Solomon's navy ever made a more advantage return, advantage return than her shopping trips. She knows the deals. She knows where to get uh, food. She knows how to put the meal together. She, she is resourceful. She can turn a meal out of nothing. A couple pieces of bread and you know a meatball. She's got a meal, baby. <laughs> but she's resourceful. She brings her food. By the way, men can't do that. We can't do that. We look into the cabinet. And we start eating the wrappers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of you guys can cook. I'm just teasing. That's just me. Okay. She brings her food from afar. Not that she has exotic tastes necessarily, but she knows what to get and where to get it. She's the Amazon queen. She knows how to get a good deal. 
Matthew Henry points out, Matthew Henry points out her real estate skills. She considers a field and buys it, he says. She considers what an advantage it will be to the family and what a good account it will return. She therefore buys it, or rather, though she have ever so much mind to it, she will not buy it until she has first considered it, whether it be worth her money, whether she can afford to take it on uh, so much money out of her stock as must go to purchase it, whether uh, the title be good and whether the ground be uh, good and whether uh, and so on and so forth, whether she has the money to command to pay for it. Many have undone themselves by buying without considering, but those who, have, those who would make advantage advantageous purchases must consider and then buy. And that's what the virtuous woman does. She's skillful. She knows those things. She's resourceful. Have you ever heard of Betty Naismith? Betty Naismith was a secretary at a bank in Dallas when she decided there must be a better way to correct typewriter mistakes without erasing the ink. She came up with a formula for a fluid that she could use to paint over the mistakes. In a short time, all the secretaries in her office were using the correction fluid. Betty called her product Mistake Out, and it began a business selling full-time. She sold her business to the Gillette Company for $47.5 million. Every year, she was making $3.5 million on a product we know as Whiteout. Resourceful. So a virtuous woman is reliable. A virtuous woman is resourceful. Number three, a virtuous woman reaches. She reaches. What does that mean? Look at verse 20. Let's read it together. Ready, begin. She stretches out her hand. Let's read it together. Ready, begin. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. A virtuous woman is always reaching, always reaching out. A virtuous woman has a heart for the poor and the needy. She doesn't focus on getting and having and on herself all the time. When she gives, it's not for a return or pat on the back. She gives freely. She's cheerful and liberal with her giving. She doesn't just give to relatives and friends. No, she's concerned about her neighbors. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She seeks opportunity to help someone. She doesn't give to someone who's just close by. She reaches out for those in need. I grew up in a house where there was always someone that my mom was helping. I call them her strays. Mother made sure that there was always somebody that she was helping, whether it was somebody from church or somebody from her job. And there's always somebody around our table that probably shouldn't have been there. No, I'm just kidding, mom. But she was always trying to help someone and be a blessing, taking someone to the doctor or taking someone food. And my wife doesn't, a week doesn't go by where my wife isn't trying to feed someone. That's the way a virtuous woman is, trying to reach out and be need and help the, help the needy. And that's what a virtuous woman does. I thank God for those with the gift of mercy. How many of those in the room have the gift of mercy? A couple of you do. If you don't realize, Take a spiritual gift test. Many of you do have the gift of mercy. If you can watch kids under the age of two, you have the gift of mercy. Uh, Let's see, what else? (laughs) There's many other things. If you can be married to me, you have the gift of mercy. But anyway, um, the gift of mercy is a wonderful thing. It's helping those who cannot do anything for you in return. And I thank God for people like that. A virtuous woman is reliable. She's resourceful. She reaches out. Number four, a virtuous woman is ready. She's ready. Look at verse 21. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Believe it or not, it does snow around Jerusalem. Sometimes it'll snow as much as 18 inches a year. When it snows there, it gets quite cold in the upper desert. And so so when the snowstorm would come, a lot of times it would be a surprise. 
and it would be bad and people wouldn't be ready for it. But the virtuous woman doesn't worry about that. She has clothes ready. She's ready for the future. She's ready for things like that that happen. The Bible says she makes clothes out of scarlet. What that's talking about is a warm, double-layered piece of clothing. She's specifically made for the cold. She's ready. Her kids have coats. This is soft, warm material made of wool, probably. The scarlet, the red color is, is, is indicative of something that's warm. She doesn't worry about the freak storm that comes. She doesn't worry about when the power goes out. She doesn't worry about that because she makes sure her family is ready. They're protected from the elements. It reminds me when I was a kid and you're running outside and your mom says, what? Put your coat on. Dads are like, I don't care. Go freeze to death. That doesn't matter to me. Come on, guys. Amen. But the wife is, or the mom, go make sure you put your coat on. I ruined a lot of coats as a kid. Anybody else besides me ruin a lot of coats as a kid? I remember one particular time, my mom and dad just bought me a brand new coat. I think I was about eight, seven years old. And uh, Patrick, I don't know why, but I thought, you know what would be fun? Is if I took a spray paint can and I hit it with a hatchet. I mean, recognize that wasn't a good idea. And so I came in a few minutes later and covered in black spray paint in my brand new coat. And uh, boy, that was, I, I remember another coat that I ruined uh, when I was, I don't know, probably a 10. I gave a girl a necklace because I was a little Romeo when I was 10. And uh, I remember we were in the back of the church property because that's where all bad things happen with church kids in the back of the property. Don't look at me like that, like you've never done anything in the back of a church property. Anyway, I was back there, and I'm 10, and I, 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 had a, I had a necklace there. I won't tell you where I got the necklace. That's even worse, but <laughs> I took it from my mom. But anyway, I had this necklace, you know, and I'm a little kid, and I'm going to impress this girl. And, and so I had a brand new coat on. That's all I remember. And I remember I gave her the necklace. And of course, you do what all boys do at 10 years old when you give a girl a necklace. You run afterwards. And so I gave it to her and I started running Israel and I caught my coat on the handrail and it ripped the sleeve off. So I flexed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I ruined the coat and then lied about it, of course. Anyway, so I ruined a lot of coat, but the mom always makes sure that you're wearing a coat. She's always sure that the kids are, are clothed. And, and that's what a virtuous woman does. She cares for her family that way. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. She's reliable. She's resourceful. She reaches. She's ready. Number five, a virtuous woman is respectful. Respectful. Let's go to verse 23. And notice what it says here. Her husband is known in the gates. He sitteth among the elders of the land. Uh, just a short Bible study, you'll learn that the gates were a very important part of the culture of the city. The gates were where a lot of important things happened. Uh, a lot of times, governmental things happen, votes, council meetings, uh, different things like that. So if a, if, a, if a husband or a man sat at the gates, it means that he had some sort of position in the city. And so the Bible says here that her husband is known at the gates. He sitteth among the elders of the land. Her husband was respected. A husband wouldn't be respected among others if he's not respected among, with his wife. A husband won't be respected by others if he's not respected by his wife. One of the greatest needs of a man is to be respected. He needs it like the body needs air. The wife that does not respect her husband or does not show respect to her husband is starving him of the oxygen that he needs. And ultimately, I'm doing some marriage counseling tonight, just so you know, ultimately is killing the marriage. 
Let's go to Ephesians chapter number five. Say, pastor, when are you going to preach on men? Oh, maybe next week. All right, we'll do that. Brother Padillo said, how many virtuous men are in the Bible? I said, I don't know. He goes, none. And so anyway, Ephesians chapter number five. And so look at Ephesians chapter number five. Look at verse 33. Ephesians is a great chapter to know when it comes to marriage and things like that. But look at verse uh, 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And may I just say, men, that that's volumes right there. When we care more about taking our wife out on a date than we do the fishing trip. I'm preaching it myself right now. Amen. My wife said to me the other day, she goes, man, you're sure planning these fishing trips really well. I mean, you're planning them down to the very detail. I mean, you just have it all planned out. And she's just looking at me like this with that gleam in her eye. What are you trying to say? No, I'm just kidding. I knew for sure what she was saying, but because she said it later. But anyway, uh, no, I'm just teasing. We understand that. That men, it, Christ loves the church, gave himself for it, sacrifice. His life was a sacrifice for the church. His life, his life. And so we understand that men, we're supposed to love our wives that way. We sacrifice ourselves for her. And all God's men said, amen. amen. Only five of you, but all right, it's okay. Be all right. The wife, and notice what it says next. It says, the wife see that she what? Reverence her husband. That word means respect. The Bible commands men in many places and in various ways to love his wife, to love his wife. But the Bible does never directly commands a woman to love her husband. Did you know that? It doesn't say that. It says for her to respect him, to reverence him. Respect is important to a man as much as love is important to a woman. And there are people that always say to me, well, yeah, and love is important and respect. I understand all of that stuff. I'm just trying to help you tonight. Respect is important to a man and love is important to a woman and vice versa, I understand. A virtuous woman is reliable. She's resourceful. She reaches, she's ready, and she is respectful. Her husband is known at the gates. Boy, a woman can tear down a man just like that, just like that. And we ought to be careful of that, amen? Verse six, a virtu- or number six, a virtuous woman is resolved. She is resolved. Look at verse 24. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles uh, unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she rejoiceth in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Simply put, a virtuous woman hates to sit still. You ever been uh, uh, around a lady, and you're trying to relax, and she won't sit down? She just keeps moving. She makes dinner, she gets up, she starts doing the dishes. Like, can you just relax for a second, you know? And sometimes I'll, I'll be around my wife and I'll tell my wife, please, just, just stop moving. And no, 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 I got too much to do. How many know what I'm talking about? And a virtuous woman likes to stay busy. She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Even if she doesn't have to work for bread to live, she will not eat the bread of idleness. She instinctively knows uh, to be better than that. She knows that those who will not labor should not eat. Again, Matthew Henry said it this way. Some eat and drink because they can find themselves nothing else to do. And needless visits must be received with fashionable entertainments. These are eating the bread of idleness, which she uh, has no relish for. For she neither gives nor receives idle visits nor idle talk. She is careful to fill up time that none of that be lost. When the daylight is done, uh, she does not then think it time to lay by her work as those are forced to do, those business lies be, uh, uh, abroad in the fields. 
but her business lying within the doors and her work worth uh, can, uh, her, her work worth candlelight uh, with that she lengthens out the day and her candle goes not out by night. Verse 18, it is a mercy to have candlelight to supply the want of daylight and a duty having that advantage to improve it. Boy, what, what a mouthful there. A virtuous woman loves her business better than her ease or her pleasure. It is in, uh, it is in care to be found in the way of her duty every hour of the day and has more true satisfaction in having uh, given meat to her household the times in the morning than those that can have money that they have won. A virtuous woman is resolved. She's resolved to take care of her family. She's resolved to provide. She never stops. And uh, I, I think about Christmas time and I think about Thanksgiving time. And when I, when I see these ladies, I think about ladies in our church. I think about your mom, Mrs. Asprelli. Have you ever seen Mrs. Asprelli sit down? She just keeps moving. And sometimes she'll come in after, after, after doing all this stuff with all the babies and she'll come in and sit down and then I'll see her get up. She'll pop back up and she'll go do something else and just loves to be busy. And can I just say, guys, we ought to be busy too. Come on, guys, say amen. We ought to be busy too. And, and well, we live in a busy culture, commuting and all these different things, but we ought to be careful to be busy. She never stops. She doesn't take breaks. She's reliable. She's resourceful. She reaches. She's ready. She's respectful. She's resolved. Can you believe I found all these R's? Number seven, a virtuous woman is revered. She is revered. Oh, I love this verse. Would you read verse 28 with me? I know it's a little warm in here. Uh, I feel like the air cut out about 10 minutes ago. Would you read verse 28 with me? Ready to begin. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praised her. Don't you wish your kids did that? Mrs. Dolar, don't you wish they rose up and called you blessed? Get out of bed, Ben. I, you are so blessed, mother. <laughs> no, it's more like, why? <laughs> you know, why? Uh, but here's the point, and I understand I have a 15-year-old now who, uh, who loves to sleep, and uh, I, have a, uh, 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 I have another son uh, who's an age I can't remember, and uh, <laughs> 11. Is Gavin 12 or 11? He's 11. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Dolar. And uh, I have to get my kids' ages from the crowd here. Um, so I have one kid who loves to sleep in, and I have another kid who gets up at 5.30, no matter what's going on. And comes the first thing he does is come start asking you questions. If I, Dad, Dad, Dad. You know. Anyway, but a virtuous woman, her children arise up and call her blessed, and her husband also. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. She's a great blessing to her relations. Her children, listen to this, grow up under her roof and they call her blessed. And here's the thing. I tell parents this sometimes. A kid doesn't really know what they have until they become a parent. And then when they become a parent, they really recognize, boy, my parents sure sacrificed for me. My parents sure gave my mother uh, all, all the, the sleepless nights, all the prayers. I'm so thankful for my mother and I'm so, how awesome my mom was and how, how hardworking she was. And, and boy, when your children grow up, they're going to look back and think about you, mom. It doesn't happen like that when they're 10. Ask a 10-year-old what he loves about his mother. Uh, she makes me food. <laughs> but someday they will recognize and someday they will see. They will arise up someday and call her blessed they will recognize someday the sacrifices. And some kids do now, don't get me wrong, but 
Boy, it sure changes when you start having kids of your own. They'll talk about how awesome mom is. They'll think about how hardworking she was or is. Children of a virtuous woman recognize the debt that they owe. Hopefully they do. And someday they will. They recognize how fortunate they are to have a great mother. By the way, her husband praises her, the Bible says. Her husband better praise her, your pastor said. (laughs) You better praise her. If you think you praise her enough, praise her twice as much. Her husband takes time to recognize her as a person. He should take time to praise her for her attributes as a wife. He should take time to praise her attributes as a mother. All of us husbands need to work on that. And all God's men said, amen. She is revered. She is revered. She is loved. She is respected. Boy, uh, one of the things I fail at as a dad is teaching my kids to respect their mother more. And, uh, but, but nothing makes me more angry than when my boys sass my wife. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Don't sass your mother. Hey, man. Tonight we were sitting and uh, my son Callum, he's six. He's learning about social cues and what not to do. And so one of the things he did tonight is he walked up behind his mom and he clicked at her. Mom, exactly. <laughs> and so he learned real quick not to do that. But anyway, uh, and so she is revered. Lastly tonight, a virtuous woman is reverent. She is reverent. Let's look at verse 30. Favor is deceitful. and Beauty is vain. But a woman that what? Feareth the Lord. Ladies, you can say amen right there. Amen. Wave your hanky or something. A woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That which completes the crown of her character is that she fears the Lord. With all those good qualities, she lacks not the one thing that is most needful. She is truly godly. And in all she does, she's guided and governed by the principles of the Bible and regard to God. This is what is preferred above her beauty. Beauty is vain and deceitful. One person said it this way, beauty recommends none to God, nor is it any certain indication of wisdom or goodness. (laughs) A virtuous woman shows her beauty in her wisdom. So tonight we see eight characteristics of a virtuous woman out of our last chapter of Proverbs. She is what? Number one, she she is reliable. Number two, she is resourceful. Number three, she is, or she reaches. Number three, she, or number four, where am I at? Number three, she reaches. Uh, Maybe we should just end right there. Amen. Number four, she is what? Ready. Number five, she is. Number six, she is. Number seven, she is. And number eight, she is reverent. So this brings us to the end of foolproofing our life series. 31 sermons from a book packed with wisdom. How many of you recognize tonight that we just scratched the surface? A lot of wisdom found in Proverbs, and may we continue to study this book on our own. Amen. Let's pray together tonight.